Jazz Vespers in Brooklyn. So it began in Brooklyn, in a Brooklyn neighborhood, one afternoon during one of those very dark days of the beginning of the pandemic. Roy Natherson, an accomplished and honored jazz musician, came out onto his second floor balcony porch with his alto saxophone and began to play Amazing Grace. Roy appeared again on that porch at 5 p.m. the next day, and the day after that, and the day after that. Soon, other musicians began joining him. Bass, drums, guitar, trumpet all anchored the socially distant sidewalk ensemble. In the days and in the weeks that followed, banjos, flutes, horns, and instruments indigenous to Brooklyn's myriad of cultures suddenly made their appearances. David Gibson, director of the Center on Religion and Culture at Fordham University, lives in that Brooklyn neighborhood. In the publication called Commonweal Magazine on August 12th this past summer, he wrote about his neighborhood's jazz vespers, and I quote from his article. They played through rain and wind. Street life hummed along with the instruments. In the first weeks, ambulances, sirens were mournful counterpoint to almost every performance. The Q train rumbled along the track behind Roy's house, its horn blasting on occasion. Delivery vans and box trucks made their way up the block, sometimes slowing to catch a few bars of music. Pedro, the postman, waved through all of it to deliver his mail. Curious passerby stopped to listen. Some were strangers, and some neighbors. They were skateboarders and cyclists, dog walkers and strollers. All the colors and creeds of the neighborhood would stop and would listen. Some wept, almost all always applauded. And of course, everyone began taking cell phone videos. We had to capture that moment. As the weather improved, he continues, the onlookers increased. There were maybe 25 or 30 some days in May as the dogwood in front of Roy's house bloomed. Lockdown life began to ease. Spirits lifted. The tunes grew more up-tempo and more diverse. It was never a jam session. Every day the music was posted online for all of the performance. It was intentional. It was planned. Neighbors who knew each other by sight and now knew each other by name. Acquaintances suddenly now calling each other friends. Friends introduced strangers to other friends. We began to collect money to help those without work for a local social service group. The 5 p.m. concerts continued for 82 days, ending with a final two-hour concert in late June but as David Gibson writes, the 5 p.m. Jazz Vespers continues to bear fruit today. If you're curious, the musicians created a website 
which is all one word, 5 p.m. porch concerts. 5 p.m. porch concerts. To raise money for community agencies helping the neighborhood recover from the pandemic. See, they set up a program to give music lessons on various front porches to any kid in the neighborhood, regardless of ability to pay. Other plans are in the offering. Faith and hope are wonderful, but charity's the best. Again, I use that with permission from Commonweal Magazine. See, Brooklyn's Jazz Vespers, you might say, is the music of today's gospel. At least in my mind, it's the music of today's gospel teaching on love. That love puts every talent, every ability, every resource, every gift we possess at the service of all of God's children, all of God's daughters and sons. Truly, to love with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul enables us to move beyond fear. Fear is what trips us up. Fear is what paralyzes us. Fear is that which keeps us from introducing ourselves to a stranger. But love, love moves, moves us beyond fear that we might become those people who comfort and those who support, those who forgive, those who seek out, those who welcome back. Love is that gift that Jesus simply asked in the gospel of a total self. So this afternoon we had a wedding here at 2 o'clock and the groom was a former graduate of our school in the years that I've been here. And so he was one of those kids that, you know, most of our children at school mass from, you know, grades K until 5, I walk around, ask questions, and they raise their hand. And then... Something paralyzing happens in the summer of fifth grade and they can no longer move their arms or their hands in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. They all just blankly stare at me like, don't even call my name. Don't look at me. Like adults do. <laughs> like some of you do when I'm looking at you at mass and you stare down at the floor. Hopefully I'm not going to mention you by name. But Nico... Oh, not Nico. Nico always had his hand up. As I said today, he usually didn't have the answer, but he always had his hand up. <laughs> but he was always just willing to give whatever he had. So I teasingly, at the beginning of the homily, told his bride soon-to-be that, oh, I pray for her every day. <laughs> and double-checked to make sure you really want to do this. And... She said yes, and then the vows came, and I fed the line, I, Nico, take you, Anna, to be my wife, and paused, and he began, I, Anna, take you, Nico. Uh, 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 uh. I turned around, looked at everyone, said, do you think I was kidding when I told you? He raised his hand, and whatever came out of his mouth just came out of his mouth. And Anna just giggled with delight because she just takes him as he is, with great love. Because that's what he gives, great love. See, to love with our whole heart, our whole soul, our mind, 
is that invitation to us, not a command. I think it's an invitation to us to move beyond who we think we are. Because most times we think, I can't love anymore. Can't forgive anymore. Can't do this anymore. But Jesus is always the one. I have new images of the crucified Christ, his hand calling me. But this week I received my favorite birthday card from one of our school children who wanted to wish me the happiest of birthdays. At the base of the cross, there was cake. And in each hand, there was a balloon. <laughs> An invitation to move beyond our fears. An invitation to move beyond what we think we can't do. An invitation to love again. See, I think we, so often I know, I underestimate, we underestimate what we think we can accomplish when we act out of love. But love that is centered in the needs of those people whom God places on our path. A love that has no ulterior motive except just for love itself. That love is selfless. That's unconditional. That's the love that my parents taught me to love. It's the love my parents taught me. It's the love that God gives. And it's the love that I choose. And today I know it was the love that Anna and Nico chose as well. And tonight, Jesus says to you and to me, choose, choose to love beyond your imaginings. And I'll give you everything that you need.